Welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast, where we recap all the biggest news and storylines from the world of professional volleyball. My name is Dan. I hope you're having a good week. Some exciting volleyball being played, as usual, right in the middle of playoffs for many leagues around the world, in particular the Italian Super League, where we finally have our finals matchup starting on Wednesday between Sir Safety Perugia and Lube Civitanova. Really looking forward to that. We'll preview that matchup as well as talk a bit about how we got to that point later on in the podcast. We'll also talk about that controversial first matchup in the Plus Liga finals between Zaksa Kajurj and Kajle and Oniko Versava. A few minor transfers took place as well as the Nations League rosters are starting to come out, the larger rosters. We still haven't gone down to the narrow ones, so we can talk a bit about that too. But first, why don't we talk about some of the transfers that went down this week, mostly in the Russian Super League, starting to pick up some of the better foreign players. Drazen Lubrich and Rosalind Penchev, both moving to Belgorod. Their two foreigners, Gord Perrin and Nemanja Petrik, likely leaving the team. Gord Perrin going to Santa Cruzero, while Nemanja Petrik is rumored to maybe be joining Milano in the Italian League. I actually really like the addition of Lubrich. I think Belgorod's one of their weakest links this year was their opposite, uh, Denis Zemchinok. Not a bad player by any means, but given the lofty heights and the very competitive league that Belgorod is participating in, I think they needed someone with a bit more firepower, a bit more technical ability. And I think Drazen Lubrich definitely fulfills those qualifications. Rosalind Penchev had a pretty good season playing for Rio de Janeiro in the Brazilian League. Just ended their season only winning two total sets against Sao Paulo in that semifinal series, but Rosalind Penchev, not really the reason for that, played a fairly good series. Should be a good addition to Belgorod. Not sure if he's quite as good as Gord Perrin. Probably about the same level as Nemanja Petrik, though, so I'd say Lubrich and Penchev are pretty close in talent to Gord Perrin and Nemanja Petrik, but I think the position distribution works a bit better. Also in the Russian League, Dmitry Kovalev, who was the starting setter in the Russia's Nations League victory last year, will be moving from Ural Ulfa to Zenit St. Petersburg. Ulfa made the playoffs, but not really a high-tier club in the Russian League. So it makes sense that Kovalev, one of the best setters in Russia, probably after Butko and Sergei Grankin, who's not even playing in Russia anymore. It's good that he's moving to a better club, I guess. This season, Zenit St. Petersburg kind of split time between Sergei Antipkin and Pavel Pankov. Pavel Pankov, it's interesting that they didn't wait a bit more for his development because he was a young setter for the youth Russian team that was one of the starters on a couple of successful teams there, including, I believe, their U21 World Championship second place team. But when you have an opportunity to get a guy like Kovalev, already established, already proved he can do it at the highest level, probably one of the best 20 or so setters in the world. I think it's a good thing for Zenit St. Petersburg that they went out and got him. Also a Russian player, always good to have. So we'll see if they decide to keep Yor Grozier and Oriel Camejo as well. In the Italian league, as we know, Santiago Orduna banned for the first eight games of next season because of that spitting incident in the last game of the quarterfinals. So I think Monza's decided it's not worth it to keep Orduna on their roster for next season. They're likely going to be kind of a bubble playoff team again, maybe a little bit better than this year because of internal improvement from their two guys, Zavaronik and Oleg Planitschki. 
but still not a guaranteed thing that they're going to make the playoffs. So they would likely need to invest in a pretty good setter to replace Orduna for those first eight games. So who they decided to go with instead of Orduna seems to be Dragon Travica, the setter who played for Padova this season. Had a pretty good season. Not one of the top setters in the Italian league anymore. Used to be among the best, but getting a little older. But still, I think, would be a good addition to this Monza crew. A good kind of veteran leader to help regulate the emotions of the younger team. Orduna, rumored to go to Hawkbeck Ankara, where I'm sure his fiery disposition will not only be tolerated, but embraced. We also know from the Italian league who will be participating in the European Cups for next season. Perugia, Lube, and Trentino will be our Champions League members. Trentino replacing Modena from last season. And Modena will compete in the CEV Cup if they so choose. Remember that two years ago, they also qualified for the CEV Cup and actually declined to participate. I guess not really as prestigious a competition as the Champions League. And for the most part, it tends to be a money loser. Modena, not a team that really needs those extra home games. So we'll see if they decide to participate again. Probably painful for them not to make the Champions League, especially next year with Matt Anderson coming over to play for them. And then Milano will be taking part in the CEV Challenge Cup. As I mentioned earlier, some of the Volleyball Nations League rosters are slowly starting to be released. I will definitely do some dedicated Volleyball Nations League preview episodes once the club season has died down a bit, but I'll give a quick mention of some information we learned over the last few days. Just this morning, the Italian Volleyball Federation released their list. It's definitely a few notable additions, including Ivan Zaitsev, Osmani Wantarena, Massimo Colacci, and Filippo Lanza, and Salvatore Rossini. So anyone who thought that Ivan Zaitsev and Osmani Wantarena were going to participate, it's probably a bit of wishful thinking. Both guys well into their 30s. And Italy has a very heavy volleyball schedule this summer, including some extremely important games in the Olympic qualifiers, as well as the European Championships and the World Cup. So definitely not the last time I think we'll see Juan Torino or Zaitsev this summer, but definitely, in my opinion, it's smart to just skip out on Nations League, especially both those guys still playing, or at least Zaitsev just finished, but pretty deep club seasons for both those players. So it'll be good for them to get some rest. Definitely deserved it. Massimo Colacci, skipping, I'm assuming, for similar reasons, and Rossini as well. Very heavy and demanding club seasons. Get some rest. Give it your all at the Olympic qualifiers, where Italy has a very tough group, and then the European Championships as well. Luigi Randazzo, unfortunately, would have been a great addition to this team, but is injured with a torn ACL. Doubtful he will return at any point this summer. Probably miss part of next year's club season as well. The only interesting one that is missing from this list, Filippo Lanza and Luca Vittori, both not selected or chose not to come. We know that Vittori actually was not selected for last year's competitions, even though he's starting opposite for Trentino last season. So there's definitely, I mean, there might be a bit of beef between Vittori and the Italian Volleyball Federation. Not sure exactly how that has developed over the past little while. I think there's been some rumors on the distance between them but even in that case I'm not really sure how much better he would have been than Nelly anyway but the outside position for the Italians is going to be interesting we're definitely going to see some new faces because right now we basically have Oleg Antonov 
who's a great player, but the rest of it, not really players that I have a ton of familiarity with, even me who is obsessive about volleyball. So some of the names that are going to be participating, Guiacomo Raffelli, Daniel Lavia, Oresta Cavuto, David Gardini, Marco Piriotti, Fabrioso Gironi, Francesco Rossini, Sebastiano Milan. So I do recognize a lot of these names. A lot of them are on rosters in the Superliga. However, not a lot of them have really played a big role in any of these teams. I know David Gardini was actually plays in the NCAA and was Rookie of the Year in the NCAA, so good for him. From talking to people, I know Sebastiano Milan and Daniel Lavia are two guys who could be big players for Italy in the future. Oresta Cavuto actually did get some playing time in the semifinals for Trentino. So there's definitely talent here. It'll be interesting to see the next generation of Italian players kind of being forced into the spotlight because none of the old guard of Italian players will be participating. So I think that's all the big news from this week. So why don't we get into a couple of the results from the games. The first big one was the matchup between Perugia and Modena. Game 5 of this series in the Italian League semifinals. It's a best of 5. First team to 3 wins gets the series, moves on to the finals. It's been a pretty crazy series so far with Perugia coming back from a 9 point deficit in the third set of the third game. A lot of people predicted that would be the turning point of the series, but Modena came out and actually crushed Perugia fairly easily at home in the fourth game of the series. Game five last Sunday ended up being a crazy match. Modena started very well, looked great in that opening series. Bed Norris was playing well. Ivan Zaitsev was hitting the heck out of the ball. Micah Christensen and Max Holt had a couple of really nice runs. So things were looking very good for Modena at the beginning of this. They started the second set really great as well. Ivan Zaitsev had a nice little serving run at the beginning of the game. And they eventually extended the lead all the way up to 23-18. to But then Nick Hogue comes in for Pojo Shannon and fires up three aces and a couple other really strong serves to even up the set 23-23. And in this run, unfortunately, one of his serves hit the top of the tape. Bednorch jumped up to try and pass it and actually injured his ankle fairly severely, which we will talk about later. But Nick Hogue ended up being a great signing. His whole signing, he didn't play much this season, but the whole signing is worth it just for this very pivotal serving run. Perugia ended up winning the second set, winning the game 3-2. to two, And that Nick Hogue service run was definitely the catalyst that kind of broke Modena's momentum. They did win the third set with a pretty clutch ace by Christensen that thwarted any chance of a comeback, but then lost the fourth and the fifth. Bednorge being injured really changed the tone of this game. He was definitely one of their main offensive weapons with Kevin Tilly, his other outside hitter, being more of a defensive passing type outside hitter where Bednorge was all offense all the time in the fourth and fifth set. Bednorge being replaced by Tina Arnett, obviously it started 95% of the season, but recently Modena found that the Bednorge-Chili combo just worked a bit better together. Tina Arnett didn't have his greatest offensive performance, still a bit injured, it looks like, only hitting 6 for 18, whereas Bednorge hit 7 for 12, 
before he had that really unfortunate injury along with two aces. So Perugia moving on to the finals where they will play Lube Civitanova. Can't wait for this matchup. Starts the first day of May, Wednesday, May 1st on Rysport.it. I believe all the games are on Rysport for this final series. But I think Lube Civitanova actually looks like the better team at this point in the season. They dispatched Trentino pretty nicely, only giving up one game. Have a bit of extra rest because they did not have to play that fifth game. Had all weekend to kind of relax and get ready for this week's game. I think they're finally starting to realize the potential of the talent on the roster. Bruno and Robert Landy Simon seem to have a much better connection. Sven Sokolov is playing some of the best volleyball of his career right now. And at the same time, Perugia looked a bit shaky. No one expected Modena to take them to a fifth game, let alone be so close to almost beating them if only Nick Hogue hadn't come in and saved the day. We've seen their formerly unstoppable serving take a bit of a backseat in a couple of these games. Lots of errors, a little shakiness on the passing, which in the past hasn't really hurt them, but they don't seem to be as good out of system recently as they have been in the past. Of course, the finals could go either way. I think the peak of Perugia has been higher than the peak of Lugue Shivitanova, so that could be a factor. But either way, I'm very excited for this series. I think the really high-tempo offense that Lubi Civitanova has run in the quarterfinals and the semifinals won't be able to run as smoothly against Perugia because of the aforementioned servers, as well as, of course, Nick Hogue. And there is the Lube curse factor that we have to take into account. Lube Civitanova losing last year in the finals against Perugia and losing in the Club World Championship finals this year also losing in the Champions League finals last year. So it's been, it's been a tough run for the uh, Lubechiv Tanova guys. We'll see if they can break that curse. I think it'll be a close, exciting matchup, but given how these two teams are playing, I'm going to say they do break the curse this finals, and they end up winning it in five games. Should be a great matchup. In the Plus Liga, Saxa Kajurjan Kajle took the first game against Onika Versava, or did they? It was a very controversial game with a couple kind of explicit mistakes from the refereeing crew and an ending that left me personally very confused. Obviously, the announcers speaking in Polish, me not really understanding any Polish at all, kind of tough language for a non-speaker to pick up parts of. I'm going to go over the controversy a bit more later, maybe talk about a bit more of the positive aspects of the game right now. I mentioned in the last couple episodes that Shawan Vernon Evans had been playing over Machi Muzai, but that didn't last long in this game with Vernon Evans going one for five in the first set, being quickly replaced by Muzai, who had a pretty good game, hitting 19 for 40. And Muzai in the game also allowed Graham Vigras to play, which I think was really important to how close Versava got to winning. Vigras six for nine with two blocks in this one and a lot of good block touches. Really kept the middles at home a bit more than a lot of players. Andrej Vrona, the other middle for Versava, also a fantastic game with 9 for 14 hitting and 6 blocks. Again, Zaksik Zhukajli basically only served to Pyotr Lukashik with their float serves. Lukashik getting aced 5 times in this one, pretty tough. Only 19% perfect passing on 42 reception attempts, which is far more than anyone else on the team. It's definitely a strategy we're going to see a lot whenever Lukashik is in the game. He's a great player, very strong offensive player, but that passing needs to improve this summer if he ever wants to be a main part of the Polish national team 
or a highly regarded club player. On Zaxa, Pavel Zatorski had a great game. Basically unservable for a lot of guys. He's going to get that ball up perfectly almost every time. Sam Daru had a surprisingly tough game. Only 12 for 38. Got blocked five times, mainly by Andres Rona. And made six unforced attacking errors. We've seen him be the best player on Zaxa by far for most of the playoffs. So having a tough game, you know, it happens to everyone. And Versava was definitely kind of game planning to try and limit his offensive output. But still, I think... It's tough for Warsaw because I don't think he's going to play this poorly again for the rest of the series. They can't really bank on it. He's an awesome player. The middles were huge for Zaxa. Matej Biniak hitting 11 for 14 with some very strong serving. Two aces and 30 serves. A couple of huge service runs in this match. 30 is almost double what anyone else on the team had. And you know whenever a player serves twice as many attempts as everyone else, they were putting a lot of pressure on. His main service run was in the fourth set where... Warsaw was up by quite a few points and actually one extra point than they let on but then Beniak came in and they ended up having to go to 29-27 after I think Warsaw was up by five or six points so Beniak man one of the best middle servers in volleyball if not the best. Lukas Vizhnievski also had a very good game with three blocks 10 for 17 hitting. This all goes to show Ben Taniyudi one of the best middle setters in volleyball right now. Pavel Satorsky Going to tee it up perfectly most of the time on passing. So it makes sense that Zaxo wanted to run a lot of their offense through their middles in this match. But again, I will talk about that controversial ending later because that's mainly what people are talking about with this game. A couple more quick results before we move on to our winners and losers of the weekend. Tabate tied up this series in the Brazilian Super League Finals against Ceci Sao Paulo. Both teams sweeping each other, interestingly enough. I think home court tends to be a pretty major advantage in the Brazilian league. If you've ever seen some of their matches, the fans are absolutely insane, so loud, kind of aggressive, like definitely a lot of chirps going on, but that makes a difference. And we saw that in this game, Ricardo Lucarelli having a great match in this one for Tabate hitting 13 of 19. Again, we saw Douglas Souza on the bench while Conte and Lucarelli started it outside in Leandro Visoto. Started at opposite for most of the game anyway. For Tabate, Alan Souza continues to be their best offensive weapon, hitting 11 for 20 in this one. A few errors in there though. Lipe had a really tough game in this one, only hitting 6 for 16, also giving up 5 points between blocked hits and unforced errors. Didn't really produce anything else either. No aces, 3 service errors, 2 reception errors. So he was definitely being targeted. He definitely needs to do better. Lucas Lowe also back to his kind of usual average-ish play after having a great first match in the series. 8 for 18 again, giving up 5 points in attacking between blocked shots and attacking errors. And if those two aren't producing on the wings, then they pretty much have to rely on Alan Souza completely. And Alan Souza is a fantastic opposite who you guys will get to know better, I'm sure, this summer on the Brazilian national team. But he can't carry this entire offense by himself so I need to see more from the Sao Paulo outsides though but I'm sure they will do a lot better once they go back to their home turf in the Bundesliga Friedrich Schaffen completely destroyed Berlin recycling volleys in the first game don't really need to talk about that one too much in France Tourist had a very close victory over Nice Chaumont had a not so close victory over Ajaccio so likely we will have a Tours versus Chaumont battle in the finals looking forward to that one Tours probably the favorite, but Chaumont 
Shamal is my personal favorite because they're a fun team to watch. They have Canadian Canadians Blair Ban and Keith West on their roster. Had a great showing in Champions League this year after qualifying the hard way. Tourist not bad in Champions League either. But I think Shoma, as I mentioned last week, one of the teams with the best chemistry in volleyball right now. All right, let's go to our winners of the weekend. The first winner is Bolivar Volley from Argentina, winning the National League title in a pretty crazy match in the finals. In game five, again, like Italy, first to three wins, wins the title. They were down 2-0 in the first two sets, 25-20, 25-19, but managed to come back and win the last three sets in Game 5 of the Finals against Obras de San Juan and take their eighth title in league history. We don't really get to see too much of the Argentinian clubs. It tends to be a league where only the first two or three teams have any strong players. We get to see sometimes at the Club World Championships, but good on them for winning. Some great players on Boulevard Volley this year, Augustin Loser and Pablo Crer, two of the best middle blockers in Argentina, Raydel Hierzulo, probably the best Cuban setter in the world, and Adrian Silva, another great Cuban player. Another nomination for winner of the week is Joel Banks, the coach of Greenyard Mosaic in the Belgian League will be the new head coach of the male Finnish volleyball team. So good for him. That is a good organization to be a part of. I think Finnish volleyball has a great future. A few good young players, good showing at the World Championships this summer. They're not a team that's going to win a medal at any major competition, but definitely a step up for Joel. It's always funny when I see him coaching Mosaic on TV because he's British and you don't often see native English speakers on the sidelines coaching. Very insightful to kind of watch his sideline interviews. Always been impressed by him and the insight he gives. I think Mosaic is definitely a team that generally tends to perform above their talent and finish volleyball. Great job picking him up. My final winner of the weekend, though, has to go to Canadian outside hitter Nick Hogue for that unbelievably timely serving performance against Modena to secure Perugia's spot in the finals. Perugia down 18-23. Three aces and two more great serves by Hogue brought them to 23-23. Even caused a player to sprain his ankles on the serves. I'm sorry, Bed Norris. That's that sucks, but an ankle breaker serve, not something you see very often. A couple of those serves were float serves too, though. We haven't really seen the hybrid serve from Nick Hogue. It'll be interesting to see how much he uses that this summer with Team Canada. Hogue at the beginning of the season, part of the team in Poland, Szczecin, which folded halfway. Hogue generally with a good reputation in the Italian Super League, picked up for Perugia, even though they had Alexander Berger, who at the time was injured. Ever since Berger came back, we've seen Hogue kind of not really get in too much during the games, generally as a pinch server, where in my opinion, he's performed his role very well, better than most pinch hitters, I would say. Kind of did a similar duty for Trentino last year. But anyway, looking forward to how he does on Team Canada this summer. There's a chance he may be used in a similar fashion behind Stephen Marr and Gord Perrin, where Nick Hogue comes to serve bombs in for one of the medals. So Nick Hogue, your winner of the week, pretty much saved Perugia's butt. Now on to losers of the week. The first two nominations are both from Modena, but both not for doing anything too much their own fault. Bartosz Bednorz. Man, I gotta feel bad for the guy. 
rough start to the season, kind of had some injuries last summer, didn't get selected to the Polish national team last summer, probably the last cut of the entire team, didn't get to win that gold medal world championships. Man, that's got to hurt watching all your friends celebrate with their gold medals while you sit at home. Start slow in Modena. Finally, at the end of the season, he's looking great. He's looking like a star. After Zaitsev, he's definitely their second offensive option, playing really well, playing some of the best volleyball of his career. And then at the most important time in the season, kind of has a freak accident and has what looks like a pretty bad sprain on his ankle, not even jumping, not even landing on anyone, just kind of lurching forward awkwardly. It's a tough thing with ankle injuries. I believe he's had a couple before. They just keep repeating themselves. Got to be discouraging for the guy. Hopefully his recovery process doesn't take too long, but I doubt we will see him this summer at all for Poland. Hopefully he'll be ready for next season. I hope he has another great season with Modena. Then Ivan Zaitsev also gets a loser of the weekend again. Nothing really he did. He actually played pretty well during the playoffs for Modena after a kind of slow end to the regular season. But we're already starting to hear the chatter about him leaving for Lubechivitanova, whether he likes Modena, how much he's going to play on the Italian national team this summer. Just everyone's talking about him. We haven't even ended the playoffs yet, and we're already having Zaitsev, 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 Zaitsev. And, you know, for the most part, I think Zaitsev does a pretty decent job of just addressing the rumors where he can. He can't answer everything, obviously, but it's got to be tough. He's definitely the most popular Italian volleyball player in Italy, where you're going to have a spotlight on you that's way more than in pretty much any other country other than maybe Brazil and Poland. I personally think he's going to stay in Modena. It doesn't really make any volleyball sense for him to leave for Lubechivitanova, at least from a GM perspective. Maybe he could have some personal beefs with the players. Maybe his agent wants him to move. Who knows what it could be, but it's annoying that we're having so many discussions about it before the season is even done. But definitely the easy choice for loser of the weekend has to be the Plusliga and the ref involved with the controversy at the end of the first finals game between Zaxa and Oniko. So as I mentioned earlier, this game went to a fifth set. Warsaw played really well in the fifth set, was up 14-11, so a few match point opportunities. Zaxa, for their credit, stopped the first two pretty well with a hit by Daru and a block by Wisniewski. But then on the third one, Tani Yudi served it at Piotr Lukasik as they have been doing all game. And this is where it gets interesting because he had this really, really rough looking hand pass, definitely bounced between his hands and his arms a few times, but it was one motion. So if it's one motion, then you can't really have a double touch on a serve receive, one of the more basic rules of volleyball. So anyway, Antoine Brizard sets it to Nico Penchev, who kills the ball, finishes the rally, wins the match. Warsaw starts to celebrate, but kind of like post-match, um, Zach's obviously frustrated. I guess they thought Lukashik's was so egregious that they still they had to call the double, no matter what. And the ref ended up agreeing with them after Warsaw's already celebrating, kind of reversed the point. Kashmir gets a red card, but they keep on playing and Zaxa ends up winning. So in my opinion, in the opinion of many people I've talked to, Zaref is completely in the wrong here. I mean, that's just not a volleyball rule. You can't call a double touch off a serve receive. So I'm not sure what he was thinking when he reversed that call. 
it should have been Warsaw's point. It should have been Warsaw winning the match. After the match, apparently the ref told Stefan Antiga, the coach, that he messed up. Warsaw filed an official appeal to the league because they're like, this is a pretty cut and dried case of the ref getting a call completely wrong. It wasn't really a judgment call. He just made the wrong call. And this is after the point had finished as well. So I'm not sure what he was thinking doing that. The appeal got rejected, which is also why I include the Plus Liga in this kind of loser of the week, because there has been a precedent in sports where you can replay the last few points. They're already meeting again on Wednesday, so why not just play the last points of the match on Wednesday before you start the official match? That, in my opinion, would have been by far the most fair option. But instead, they decided not to replay any points of the match, citing that Warsaw had their chance to win. They had three match balls. I guess they did, but they did win the match fair and square, and then the decision was reversed. So I'm not not sure how this really is Oniko Versava's fault. I don't see why they're getting punished for it. They did suspend the ref for the rest of the playoffs. I guess that's slightly fair, but I mean, he's probably missing what? Max one or two games. So not really a huge punishment there, and no punishment for Kazimierz either. Really disappointing by the league. I think there was a pretty clear case of the right thing to do. It's tough to replay matches during the regular season or replay the last few points of matches during the regular season because you never know when the teams are going to be in the same place again. But when you have the two teams meeting up later this week, just play those last few points. You know there was an objective reason for them messing up. Why not replay it? Don't like it. I think the league just took the easy and simple way out. And unfortunately for Warsaw, I think that might have been the end of their series. It's going to be really tough to bounce back from this. Also, not, that wasn't even the only mistake that happened during the match. They actually messed up the score in the fourth set as well. As I mentioned earlier, Biniak led that huge Zaxa comeback, but they got the score wrong. The game should have ended for Warsaw at 25-23. Instead, they have to play a bunch of extra points to get to 29-27. Again, the league said basically, eh, nobody noticed, so we're not going to fix anything. We're not going to do any retribution or punishment, so just not a good look for the Plus Liga. Not a good look at all. Definitely easily the loser of the weekend. But on a more positive note, let's do our performances of the weekend kind of quickly because we're running a little long here. Wilfredo Leon in that semifinals matchup against Modena. 18 for 30 hitting, one block, three aces, and 24 serves, which is by far the most on his team. Atanasevic caught the MVP for this match. But I thought Leon was the more impactful player. I think he needs to play at this level or better in the finals if Perugia is going to have a chance against uh, Tanova. But if there's anyone that can play on a high level, put the team on his back, it's got to be Wilfredo Leon, the best player in volleyball. And I know people are kind of starting to doubt him because he hasn't looked like the superhero that he usually is. But I think, I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong in the next couple weeks. I think he's going to be the best player of this series that's coming up. Another performance of the week, Micah Christensen on the other side of the net. Did a really good job orchestrating the offense. Had a few wrenches thrown in his plan when Bartosz Bednorz got injured because he was definitely setting a lot of balls to Bednorz and probably planned on setting a lot of balls to Bednorz throughout the game. But did a good job adjusting. He had some really, really nice transition sets to Max Holt. It's so great how those two are able to run like the 31 and the shoots pretty much any time during the match if the ball is anywhere in front of the attack line. Really great to see. 
you can see just the absolutely massive difference that he makes to this Modena team. Anyway, stats in this one, two blocks, an ace, and a kill. 52% team killing percentage for Modena. If they still had Wessel Kiemink and Mekrushisen was still out, they for sure probably just would have lost in the first round. So absolutely essential part of this team, as was proved by this match and this playoff run. My ultimate performance of the week, though, goes to Barthelemy Chininez, the French national team blocker, young guy playing for Tours, had a big five-set win against Nice in the French playoff semifinals. Chininez with 16 points, 13 for 20 hitting, and three blocks. If you didn't know, he was the MVP of the French League this season as a middle blocker, which is pretty impressive. I think people who are going to watch the French national team are going to be surprised by how much of a step he's taken. It makes sense. He's still a young guy, so he still had lots of room to improve. I think for sure going to be starting over Nicolas Le Goff this summer. His offensive game is looking a lot better. His serving is looking better. So I think eventually he could be one of the best middles in the game. Well-deserved performance of the week. Lots of volleyball coming up this week. We're getting close to the end of the playoffs for most leagues. On Wednesday, we have... Perugia and Lubejivtanova starting off the Italian League Finals. We have the second match between Saxa Kajic and Kajlian and Nico Versava in the Plus Liga. On Tuesday, we also have Sezi Sao Paulo and Tabate facing off for a really important Game 3 in the Brazilian League. We have the French League Finals starting soon. Only one game left in the semifinals. We'll see if Nice or Jassio, either one of them, can make their respective opponents work hard for that series win and we only have three more weeks to the champions league finals yeah so, so still still a while before that but lots of good volleyball to enjoy in the meantime hope you guys have a great week hopefully we'll have a youtube video out this week but if not check out my instagram at 51vb make sure to tell your friends about the podcast if they want a way to keep up with the world of pro volleyball and if you have any comments or suggestions for the podcast you can comment on podbean you can send me a DM on Instagram, or you can shoot me an email at 51vb at gmail.com. Have a great week.